0: Welcome to episode number 29, where we are reading chapter 16. It's called This Is Travelling. This chapter is a bit of a short chapter today, with a few stories along the way. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crashing Into Potential podcast, where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris and I'm the author of the book Crashing In Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part two outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Crashing Potential Podcast. How's your week been? Today uh, it is, it's another perfect day outside. The weather is spot on and I've just gotten back from a physio physiotherapy appointment that I've just had. I'm working on my hamstring at the moment. I've been having some trouble for about 18 months now uh, with with my with my hamstring uh so we've been working on that um, and it's slowly getting better so thank you to uh gavin williams if you're if you're listening thanks mate uh we're still working on it so let's just keep going so how has your week been i hope it's been as good as mine has um I think I think I think it's just been as good as uh, I think my week has been good solely because the weather today is good. Weather today, uh, yesterday was shit out, but weather today uh, is 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 quite nice. Uh, I I had uh, I had a had a I've started started back presenting uh, just presenting now. I had a, had a presentation yesterday that was I'd say that it. Felt like it was honestly my worst performance in presenting since since day dot. Uh, it I just I, I had I got good reviews from from the teachers, which was fantastic. Um, but I felt it really was not it wasn't up to it wasn't wasn't the best I could do. Not not by a long shot. Uh, there was a number of reasons for this. Uh, I think the the first reason was that the the group, and I won't I won't name the school or name any names, um, out of respect and out of privacy. But the uh, the the class was a group of they were all boys and there was one girl, uh, and uh, you could tell that they just didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there, and I know that I know that actually there were. People in that class that actually got offered jobs last year, and they could have actually gotten out of school and, and started their started their life, started their career, uh, but due to uh, parental uh, parental um, restrictions, uh, if want, if you want to call it that, uh, they 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 stayed in school, and that was because this this school um, they, their parents just wanted them to stay in school. Uh, so they didn't want to be there, and uh, and and you could really you could really tell that. So from the start, it was uh, it was kind of kind of put me off. And there was another there so the 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 person in the class there was there was a person in the class that couldn't stop laughing. They could not stop laughing, and. When, 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 when somebody laughs, the next person will laugh, which will mean probably the next person will laugh because there's a, these are a group of young men which will make, make this person laugh even more. And it was kind of a chain reaction. So, so this sort of happened all the way through the presentation, and all the way through my workshop. And got to two and a half hours in, and the teacher apologized to me because this person had to go out, out of the room. And uh, the teacher said to me that that this this person has a disorder that they cannot stop laughing. And as soon as they said that, my the weight just ugh, the weight just came straight off my shoulders and it really uh, it really really threw me off um whenever it happened it wasn't the whole obviously it wasn't like happening for the whole two and a half hours but it was happening regularly and it kept putting me off kept putting me off kept putting me off and the teacher told me that there was a disorder that this person disorder that this person had and it just uh, i just i came to a realization that that when something like that happens, I really, really need to be on my game and I need to keep my mind focused on the job at hand and not let something like that put me off. And that is, that is one of the hardest things when you are speaking to a group like I do. You really have to be on your game and keep focused at the job at hand. Uh, because as soon as I felt it yesterday, as soon as some, as soon as there was a little spanner in the works, it just threw me off my, uh, threw me off my game one hundred percent. And this is the first time I've done, I've done a lot of presenting in the last couple of years, and this is the first time this has ever happened. So I know this is, I know that this is a very, very, uh, very uh, rare occasion. Uh, but it's still it's still it still happened and just can can learn from it I just have to do my best to learn as much as I can from it all right let's get into it uh, before we start I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say you see time is the most precious resource that I've I can never get back, you can never get back, no one can ever get their their time back, unfortunately. Nobody's come up with a time machine yet, but hopefully one day they will. (laughs) Back to the future, I'm thinking. Uh, Yeah, so nobody can get their time back. So I appreciate you spending your most valuable asset listening to what I have to say, Um, and I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm going to start with three things that I'm grateful for before I start. Before I start reading, and I really recommend that you do this yourself. And uh, it's called a gratitude journal. Uh, this I this is something that I try to do as much as I can most days, and I and that is to think of three things that I'm grateful for. And it is uh, a very good habit to get into because the more, and I think I've talked about this in, in the gratitude, uh, I did actually talk about it in the gratitude episode. Um, and it's about, it's about training your mind to look for the positives in every situation rather than the negatives. So you take out all of the all of the positives in this situation and try and disregard any of the negative things or learn from the negative things. So anyway, uh, so my first uh, first thing that I'm grateful for is that I have the ability to learn from events that happen in my life. So when something happens, I'm so grateful that I have the ability to learn from it and improve myself because I know that there are so many people in this world that don't have that ability. Uh, the second thing that I'm grateful for is that this this uh, the physio that I go to uh, is uh, is um, it is because it's uh, to do with my right leg, which is my leg that doesn't uh, that, that that has been affected with a paralysis. Uh, this is considered um, it is considered uh, an injury to do with my accident, so that's all covered by TAC. So that I am so grateful for, because I would have spent so much money uh, trying to fix up my body if, I, if, it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for, for TAC. And the third thing that I'm grateful for is that my partner is very healthy, and that's because uh, there's a, a surprise that I have for you uh, later on in the uh, later on in this season. Uh, there's a surprise that uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but I'm really happy that she. And something else is uh, very healthy um, because we've had a bit of a scare of recent times. So, yeah, everything is going a okay. All right, let's get into it. Okay, we're up to chapter number 16, and this chapter is called, This is Travelling. And the quote that goes with this chapter is, for us, Prague was a city that never slept, where every good friendship was forged for a lifetime. By Guy M. Gottlieb. Just going out of the book quickly. Uh, sorry Guy if you're listening and I have absolutely butchered your surname. I apologise for that. While I was in Canada, I was told about a hostel in Prague called St. Christopher's Inn. So I had made a booking before I had left. It was my first checkpoint in Europe. Going back out of the book, uh, this was not correct. It was my first checkpoint in Western Europe or Central Europe uh, because I've already been to Turkey, as you know. All right, back to the book. After making it through customs, I found the airport help desk and began asking away. I wanted to know how, how I could get to the hostel. The woman at the desk knew instantly that I was an inexperienced backpacker from the South, who could be eaten up in Europe. The advice she gave me that day contradicted what I had learned about asking questions. She told me that I must always look like I I knew where I was going, even if I didn't. She said, If you look like a tourist, expect to be treated like a tourist, and get taken for a ride. Just like a tourist. I told her about my strategy to ask questions and she said, Ask the right questions of the right people. You have to make judgement on each and every person and suspect everyone. Guilty until proven innocent. This stuck with me all the way around the world. Guilty until proven innocent. On my first full day in Prague, I arranged to go on a free walking tour that left from the front of the hostel. I went outside and met another tourist, a guy named Guy, in brackets pun intended, from Israel, uh, who was living in Malibu, California. Uh, we are now on page 100, 132. He had been traveling around the world for years. We exchanged stories and had an instant connection. He was blown away by what I had been through and thought that and I thought that his life sounded cool. Before long, we were joined by some other people uh, who were were staying at the hostel. But still, there was no tour guide. Not to worry, I thought. Charged up on confidence, I asked Guy to help guide the group with me. He agreed to take on the challenge, and with neither of us knowing anything about Prague, we decided to wing it. Okay, listen up everyone, we are new tour guides. My name is Scott, and this is Guy. We know nothing about this city, but we are all about to learn its secrets. I really hoped that no one would take us seriously. By luck, we, we eventually ran into the other group, and although we were full of great information, yeah, we were over it. But after joining up with the actual tour group for, for about 10 minutes, uh, a small group of us decided we were having more fun without them. So we bailed on what had been billed as a fun-filled official official walking tour. We walked off as a team of five, Guy, Tim, Richard, Daniel and myself, to explore the city at our own pace. This turned out to be a great option because Guy knew everything he wanted to see in Prague and I knew nothing at all about it. We got on so well, laughing and joking our way around the city. Spending time with these guys was great. I was no longer confined to my shell. This was a, this was an amazing sp- start to the European part of my trip, and I was just so excited about the rest of my travels to come. Having confidence made such a difference. By this stage, I had surprised my whole tribe with what I had done, and more importantly, I had surprised myself. Every day my confidence was growing and not only in social in social setting my cognition and mental abilities were really starting to amp up i had spent three days in prague and now it was time to start planning my next move at this stage in my trip i had no plans apart from doing a couple of tours during the next the next six months so the world was my oyster we're now on page 133 This was a mixed blessing with an injured brain though, because as you know, I found it very hard to make decisions and plans. If I weren't careful, I would end up spending 7 months in Europe just wasting time. I decided to spend a day bunkered down in my room at the hostel and try try and make sense of my totally unorganised plan of attack. The cities and train timetables and hostels and buses and countries and languages were all circling circling around in my head like crazy. My head was going in one direction, and the words on the page were going in the other. I bailed on that on the idea of planning within twenty minutes because it was just too hard for me. I really couldn't make a decision about what I what I would do. I gave myself two more days in Prague before making a move to catch the train to Berlin to start another tour. Okay, I'm just going to go out of the book quickly here and tell you a couple of stories uh, about Prague that got... Uh, I guess they uh, they didn't make the cut for uh, for the, uh, the final edit of the book, but I think Prague was... Pra- this was my first experience um, travelling solo in Europe... And it was um, there was actually it was actually a really, really, really good week for me, and really good week for my confidence, and really good week for, I guess my my, my travelling skills, if you want to call them. Then, and this uh, this week was the moment that I fell in love with, uh, fell in love with travelling, uh, travelling solo on my own. So the first uh, first story was about a uh, it was about a, a little town that was south of Prague called and uh, uh, I hope I pronounced that right. For any of you, uh, you Czech Republicans out there that might be listening, doubt that there's any Czech Republicans. If there is any Czech Czech Republicans, hit me up and tell me who you are. Uh, so the uh, so this was a couple of hours south of of. Um, of Prague in the Czech Republic, and I caught the train down to this little town. And the day on the um, the day was perfect sunshine all day, and I found my way to the train and found my way down there. And on the train, I met another couple that were from Australia, which was pretty cool. And I ended up spending the whole day with these guys and this town was such a pretty little little cute little town and i'm going to put a whole i've got a whole bunch of photos that i that i that i'd like to show you guys so if you jump onto my uh jump onto my show notes uh and follow all the links and you'll find uh, you'll find the uh, all of the photos that i took from that day, so that was the that was the first uh, the first little story I have. Another story I have was it was a couple of days, or maybe the day before I left for Berlin. I went to a with Richard, uh, the guy, one of the guys that was in the group of five of us that travelled around Prague. We went to Sedlec Ossuary, which is an ossuary is a uh, a room full of bones. So we went to this this place, and it was uh, it was uh, I think it was a bone a bones church, uh, it, because there was uh, I remember there was a graveyard around it as well. Uh, inside the 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 Settulac ossuary, there was f- I think forty thousand bones from humans. So we thought that was pretty cool, and we saw while we were down there we saw uh, we saw guy. Uh, he he travelled down there with another uh, a girl named Amy. So shout out to you, Amy, if you're listening. Uh, she was a uh, somebody. Uh, she was um, a South African girl uh, that I actually met up in London later on in the trip, uh, which I don't think it got. Um, I'll t- I'll try and if I remember, I'm going to try. I'll try and tell you about it when I went to London, but I don't think. I don't think it made um, that trip to London made the book. But anyway, so we saw them down there. Um that was how I sort of spent the last couple of days in in Prague and the couple of things that I did. I shall quickly uh, also I'll I'll mention uh the group of four people uh, five people that I was traveling around Prague uh with and I'll tell you a bit I'll tell you uh, where they where they're all from. So Tim was a guy from Torquay here in Victoria. Uh, Richard was a guy from uh, the UK, I believe, I think. Um, Don't quote me on that. Sorry, Richard, if you're listening. Sorry if I stuffed that up. And Daniel was from Quebec in Canada, in Montreal, I think, or maybe Quebec City or somewhere like that. And I think that story's just about running out of legs, so I think it's time to go back to the book. I asked the hostile staff how to get there, and the response was a complicated, easy description. It's easy. You do this, this, this and that, and you'll be in Berlin. With another nod of the head, I decided to leave early, because I wasn't up for dealing with any kind of stress. I was relying heavily on my iPhone for all of my information, for booking, host- booking hostels, looking up timetables and exploring Europe on Google Maps for directions. The iPhone also told me where to eat, what to eat and how much I should pay. Who knows where I'd be if something was to happen to it. The time had come to move out of, the, out, out, out of my comfort zone and begin the next trek to another checkpoint. Berlin. I was on my own and the responsibility I had in my hands was giving me a rush. All I was doing really was getting from A to B but this was a thrill to me. Waiting at the train station I decided to check in with mum and dad who I thought of as my tribe leaders and say g'day. I told them how proud I was that I was about to board a train from Prague to Berlin on my own. I had initiated, planned it and and now organised it, all on my own, despite the obstacles in my mind that came up with a brain injury. I remember that day so clearly, and Mum telling me how proud she was of what I was doing. At that moment, I really felt as though I was completely normal. We are now on page 134. After I hung up, the train arrived, and I tried to lift my bag onto my back. It was just too much with one working arm, so I asked for for some help from a passerby. My immediate reaction following this was to feel ashamed. I felt ashamed because I should have been able to do it on my own, shouldn't I? Talk about bursting my own bubble. Why couldn't I feel proud for more than a moment? Why did I always find a reason not to be proud of my achievements? I don't know. But I do remember thinking that all my friends could do this with their eyes closed. Then I had to remind myself that they had two working arms and didn't have an injured brain. All right, that is the end of chapter number 16. This, uh, this week was quite a short chapter, just a few pages, uh, p- few pages worth. Uh, I am going to read you the the first paragraph of the next chapter, which is actually nearly half a page long. So this will give you a really good idea of how my reading skills are coming along and what my reading skills are really like. All right. I spent the next 45 days on a tour around Scandinavia and Russia with another bunch of tour folk throughout the tour i experienced many, many of the same social anxiety issues as the first tour but this time i made a few friends but uh, who i still who who i still see to this day after the tour after the tour i had a week on my own in berlin before before I was to fly out, so I, before I was to fly out, so I spent it making friends at the hostel, using my newfound confidence. I had already toured the city with it with a group, so instead of being a tourist, I acted like a local uni student on his day off and just hung out, sampling the local cuisine. The week was made. The week. the week was made ridiculously fun by starting a conversation with a guy sitting next to me in a cafe about something I hoped he would find interesting. This led to a laugh which led to a pool party and before I knew it, I was sitting in a blown up pool in the middle of, in the middle of Berlin having a joke in a language I didn't even know. Sitting in a little pool, on um, sitting in the little pool that day, I once again pinched myself to see if I was imagining it. I was doing this on my own. I know, right? Okay, so that was that. Actually, wasn't wasn't too bad. Uh, I think that if I. If I record a paragraph, or if I record a sentence and I stuff just a little bit up, I go back and I record the same sentence. And this, this can take a long time out of, um, like it'll take a long time to read a few pages. Uh, So that's how, uh, that's how I'm going with my reading, which I think is actually doing pretty well. I haven't been doing any uh, re- any reading in my spare time this year, but this is something I'm going uh, to start to do again, um, again soon. Because as I've said in the past, reading is a very, very, very powerful tool that we all need and we all should be good at. So just like every week, uh, if you've got anything interesting to say to me, uh, anything that you want me to know, uh, hit me up on my social medias, medias. You can find that at The Injured Brain. Just search for it anywhere. You get your social media fix. And you will find me. You can send me an email. Uh, I really like the emails that I've been getting. Thank you again for... For your support, uh, for you know, we're already we're only at the start of the year, and I've only released a couple of episodes, and and I'm already hearing from people, so I really appreciate that, and I really love to read these emails every time, um, every time I open them. So thank you very much. Nothing more. Uh, this week you do you, and I'll do me. Uh, you be very kind to everybody in your life because you're never going to know when you're going to need them and you're never going to know when you're going to need them to do favors for you (laughs) Uh, and you're never going to need know when they when when you need them to be uh, nice to you all right that's it i'm out see ya Thanks for tuning in to the Crashing In Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at The Injured Brain. Wherever you get your social media fix. And don't forget to rate, review and share this podcast far and wide so that you can help me spread my message. See you in the next episode.